This month, we wrap up our coverage of Molly Knox Ostertag with three graphic novels, one only drawn by Ostertag and one only written by her, with the third being written and drawn by her. With similar themes and tones across all three works, this gives us an opportunity to compare and contrast what Ostertag brings both as a writer and as an artist. And in reading her latest works, what kind of evolution as a creator will we see? Join us this month on Extra Issues. Hello and welcome to Extra Issues, the comic book reading club podcast where we choose a theme and read through a selection of comics that explore that theme. Our current theme is the entire works of Molinox Ostertag, and this month we are discussing Shadowed Warrior, The Girl from the Sea, and the D&D graphic novel Dungeon Club Roll Call. I'm Charlotte, and my true human love has rejected me, so I'll be recording this podcast underwater for the next seven years. Today, I'm joined by a giant green cube of ooze wearing glasses. It's Zach Dean. How's, the, how's it going? <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for us. Sorry, I, I was gonna... like I was thinking of just funny describers for for those intros and I just had mm-hmm. that visual of the green cube with the glasses <laughs> in that book and yeah I, I had I, to I go have with a baseball it. cap on too right now so yeah baseball Ooh, cap nice. uh, I do have yeah <laughs> I'm a giant green cube and you are a big cube like people don't see you on camera but yeah that's what I'm staring at right now yeah I my skeleton is floating in the middle of this uh yeah this exactly cube yeah uh, I like that you are like this beautiful mythical sea creature, and uh, I am yeah. a amorphous blob. Thank you very much. Yep, exactly. You yeah, got it. I, I was hoping to be like a cool tiefling warlock, or um, nope, like an elf. No, that that would have been for Dave if he'd been here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> starting out very rude. Uh, looking forward to talking about the end of our Molly Knox Ostertag coverage today, covering these three graphic novels, and. Uh, including, I think, two. One of them is from 2017, but the other two are her latest two works. Uh, I think, besides, I guess, the work that she's doing on her Substack for Darkest Night. So, like, it's kind of cool that we're covering her. Like, I mean, the uh, the D and D book came out a few months ago, so this is all very recent. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into all that, I just want to say thank you to our listeners. Uh, we appreciate everyone here. And if you like the show, you can go review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, we love to see the reviews over there and we have yeah. a bunch from my ultimate year that are lingering there, but it would still be like, it would be really fun to see some, uh, feedback for extra issues. And also if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash my here gives you six months early access to this show. So if you are listening to this right now on our public feed and you're not a Patreon backer, we should be through, I think the entirety of our next theme, which is going to be Fantagraphics comics. So we're going to be covering Love and Rockets, Black Hole, um, a bunch of stoner comics, uh, what else, Ghost Worlds, um, a few more recent like classic graphic novels like modern day classics. So um, we haven't recorded those yet, but I'm sure they're going to be great. So uh, yeah. head over to Patreon and you can get access to all of those as well as the like reading lists for everything we're covering. Okay, without further ado let's get into molly knox do you want to talk about these in publication order i think that would be shattered warrior then the girl from the sea then the dungeons and dragons comic 
Yeah, sure. That's, that's the order I read them in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too, actually. I just kind of accidentally. The, yeah. I think it's really interesting to read another... I'm going to call it YA, <laughs> Shattered Warrior, even though it kind of all of a sudden isn't. Um, but, like, books that feel very similar in tone and theme uh, that are not written by her... So, like, Shattered Warrior, not being written by Molly Knox Ostertag. And then, I guess, the D&D Club, which does feel closer to the rest of her work for me. But, like, there are some differences without, without her drawing it. Um, Shattered Warrior uh, was written by Sharon, Sharon Shin, uh, who I'm not familiar with outside of this. And uh, I think mostly writes novels. I don't think, like, comics are uh, her big thing. But, um, oh, yeah, looks like this is literally the only one that she's done. Um Shattered Warrior is this—it's a sci-fi story of human, like subjugation by an alien race that has come to Earth and taken over humans and forces them into like slave labor. Kind of, it's more like I guess occupation, more than yeah. out-and-out slavery. Um, so it's kind of like humans are second-class citizens, uh, maybe with like I don't know, analog to uh, I don't know. I, I guess I don't want to draw on it because they're talking monsters and it, it it's it's kind of a story you've seen before um and it is uh, about one woman who is a she works in like this factory sorting minerals and who's kind of closed herself off to love and affection because she's like lost everybody in her life and her whole family and then every time she becomes close to somebody the aliens you know somehow you know, people die around her um i think shattered warrior is some of the strongest and like probably the most challenging stuff that molly knox has drawn uh i probably shouldn't call her molly knox either call her ostertag or molly (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i'm going for the middle name um i think like this seems like it probably was it seemed like it got it was like a not a stretch for her but like let her kind of stretch out her limbs and like break out of the similar kind of stuff that she does in other work but I think reading it, it has the least amount. I think it really like fails specifically in comparison to her other stuff that we've read that she writes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's for a bunch of different reasons. I think it highlights her strengths. Do you do you feel the same way? We can get into specifics of it, but before we do, yeah. Okay. I mean, my thinking was like maybe, and that, that sounds meaner that I mean it to, but maybe she wasn't yeah. the right artist for that book, in a way. Hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and I really like yeah. her art, but I feel like it's, it, her art doesn't feel adult enough, I guess, for what the book feels like it's going for. Um, it's and book. you talked about it feeling like YA for the most part, until it kind of isn't but it still kind of stays and i feel like with a different art style we like it would feel less ya and i i don't it feels like it's trying to do something more than what more not really more but something different than ya but Mm. the art gives that that gives us that expectation that it's going to be a kids comics quote unquote um and i don't think it's trying to be um yeah yeah, Mm. i don't i don't think I don't know. I don't think the story is playing to her strength in a way, I guess. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's a really interesting point. It's very I... down to earth in a way, like what you what you see is what you get. I think there's a lot of, yeah. she does a lot of, uh, whether here in, whether in The Girl from the Sea or in um, uh, the Witch Boy trilogy, magic and the way she portrays magic and the way that 
influences the the way the the story is shown uh, is important and there's a lot of like symbolism stuff like that here it's very down to earth in a way there's no magic there's nothing like that so you just see the scenes as they unfold um, I don't necessarily think that's I don't think she's bad at that but I don't think that's what makes her art the most interesting I guess hmm. I I don't know if I agree that it doesn't play to her strength uh, I think she does I think she does a fine job with this I don't yeah. really yeah I don't I don't really think like to me that's not the the weakness of this um because I think like she actually kind of it feels like she rises to the occasion of doing like aliens and these alien worlds and kind of bigger like outlandish landscapes when she's usually pretty down to earth and hitting some, somewhat more familiar locales I guess yeah. um but what you the other thing kind of point of that the flip side of that you said like i think is really true and i hadn't considered that where like i think her style sets up the expectation <laughs> that this is yeah. a ya book um and not just because that's what she draws otherwise because that's just like it kind of looks like that style and i think there's a lack of cruelty or real danger or violence in her art um that maybe would have driven home some of the like plot here and like because when you get a like i guess it's implied sex at the end and a little nudity um or like very light nudity i think literally one nipple <laughs> um yeah. and, and i want to i don't want to call this book like salacious or anything like i think this book's totally appropriate for like a 13 year old still you know if you're not like a weird helicopter queasy parent but like the it, it feels like the book's in an uncomfortable place where like people do get kind of like people are just beaten to death and had their necks broken or there's like uh the beginning of like a sexual assault here um and it does feel like there yeah maybe there's like a little dissonance between the severity yeah. like how the art portrays it like yeah i guess like it's setting up the expectation of like oh i, I don't know and it's not it, it's not in a way that like the contrast drives home you know like sometimes that dissonance in the the contrast can actually like heighten the danger because it sets you up for one expectation and then pulls the yeah. rug out from you i don't think it does that it also doesn't help that the writing i think while maybe it is not shooting for like a ya audience it works in it's pretty simplistic and it's pretty simple stuff and it feels like it's shooting emotionally at a younger audience uh and it's less complex both emotionally and like plot wise and in the like tropes it's playing with so it feels like ya it feels like a ya book that like surprisingly has a little bit of sex and a little bit of violence in it yeah if that makes sense so like it feels less adult to me than girl from the sea which does not have like the darker themes but it feels more um yeah complicated more complex more well observed i guess um it feels like it's not um it's not complex in a way that like it's treating complex subjects but it it's complex in a way that like there are a lot of characters and storylines and stuff in this book like there's a lot of stuff going on and it feels like not all of it is I don't know if necessary is the right word, but maybe some of it could have been cut to to make for a cleaner, I guess, reading experience. Because here, like, I, I'm glad I read this twice, because, like, there's a lot of stuff I just kind of skip through, maybe not even, like, like um, intentionally, but just, like, 
there's a lot of stuff going on and you don't you don't get any context for it. Like you just you try to you, you start to pick up context from uh, from the many different uh, fantasy words and like different casts and the, those kinds of uh, of uh, sci-fi ideas that that are going on in that world, but none of it gets straight up explained to you. And I don't think the I mean it's it, it it's natural, I guess, the way they talk about it, but it can oh, make I, for I a confusing kinda, experience. I disagree with that idea because okay. I think, like, structurally, I, I'm, I mean, my biggest issue with this book uh, is that it feels a little too generic and it feels like it's playing yeah. familiar tropes. But at the same time, it's not using those tropes to just kind of, like, assume that we understand what's happening. So it has, I think, exposition-wise, it's really leaden in that way. So, like... The first third of this book feels just like a lot of people standing around explaining to one another how the world yeah. works. Um, and it feels really clunky. Where compared to, we'll talk about this more, but like Girl from the Sea, you know, has this like magical conceit of a Selkie, this seal girl from the sea. And like the seal girl shows up and it's literally one panel. She's like, hi, I'm a Selkie. Once I found my true love, uh, every seven years I can come to the ocean and I'm here to spend the day with you. And it like dispenses of the like long-winded exposition of that character with yeah. one sentence and it kind of just assumes that like yeah we kind of get this we've seen this before right like ponyo and song from the sea and just, i don't know splash with and it's Tom just Hanks. like a- an like, actual myth like that people vaguely know or, about maybe, or yeah. even if you don't know it you still kind of can just like figure it out right like because yeah, yeah sure it picks up the pieces and you kind of get the characters um so like yeah, compared to that, I think Shattered Warrior definitely spends, like, way too much time kind of describing not that interesting of a world. It's also just kind of a generic world where it's, like, oppressor class, subjugated class. And that's, like, the extent yeah. of the relation between them, right? Like, it doesn't get too much more complicated than that. I think, like, the only wrinkle is maybe, like, one of the, you know, the guard aliens is nicer but also still brutal, I guess. Um, give me just a second. I, I have a trash truck outside and it's going to start getting loud. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, that, that's mainly my issue with this is I think like it's, I, I don't, I, I actually don't want to complain about Shadow Warrior. I think Shadow Warrior is a fine comic. Um, I think it's okay if yeah. I was a kid and I read this, I think I'd have, you know, a fun hour reading this, but it feels way more of a kid's comic where like as an adult, I'm like, all right, this is a little boring. Like it's stuff I've seen before. I've seen it play out and better more complicated books that hit emotional beats better that hit like world building stuff better that yeah like there's just not much to this you know there's no thrills or spills or chills to me to this <laughs> so yeah. yep yeah. um yeah i mean i it's another thing i didn't know the the writer for this was a novelist mm-hmm. that hasn't written any other comics yeah. and like yeah okay now, now that you said that i i see it's like mm-hmm. yeah, i definitely see the Maybe some of the pitfalls that this comics has are like someone that's not used, someone that's used to have being able to write with only words. Um, it would make sense, like writing full novels. Mm-hmm. Um, like it feels overstuffed in some ways to me. I, it's not even overstuffed. I, I don't know how quite to put it because it's not like I don't think. I mean, maybe the, the exposition problem you talked about is, is part of that. Um, but it feels like a, a world that like is would be more interested to you if taken the times of doing full full stories of what's going on uh, etc here it feels like it also feels like the 
first parts of a long story that doesn't feel like it's gonna get any other parts. Sure. Oh, yeah. It definitely um, ends on a like you know, we just dealt the first blow to the empire. Yeah. Which, but then when I knew that this doesn't have any more, I kind of was like, that's fine. Like I'm not, like I'm not even yeah, really it, interested it in where this is going. Because again, like it's kind of a generic world, right? Like you don't. Yeah. You know, the the aliens took over and subjugated the humans, but like that's it, right? Like you don't get detail. You don't get like like I need to, like. Yeah, it's just vaguely colonization. That, yeah. That's kind of what this is going for. Yeah, in like... Um, yeah, it's, There's lots of, it's like, fine. fun, specific detail in Girl from the Sea we're going to get to. Like, yeah. she finds all kinds of, like, really nice little observations about stuff where I'm like, oh, that's... Like, I haven't seen that before. Like, that's a surprise. That's, yeah. you know... In this, there's really nothing. Like, there's just nothing that, like, I haven't seen before in other media that does it better. And then, like, it really is... <laughs> like, I think it's really harmed... By the fact that, like, eventually I'm like, oh, I think this is not written for 12-year-olds. So, like, it functioning at this level of simplicity really, like, you know, kind of really drives home how boring this is to me. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It it sounds like a lot mean. It feels mean to say, but, like, this kind of ends up being, like, some of the basic superhero comics we sometimes read for Marvelous Year, where it's like, this is okay, but, like, it's, it's trying to aim for a level of complexity that it's not ever going to reach in a way yeah. uh that doesn't mean it's bad but it's it's just fine I yeah guess. like i had an okay time reading I, I read through it in 45 yeah. minutes i was not miserable i was not groaning throughout i just it you know it kind of just flowed off my yeah. back but to 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 what you said earlier i think the most interesting thing about that comic in the context of reading it for for fox issues is like seeing money knocks as a tag in a different visual universe mm-hmm, than she mm-hmm. usually plays in yeah. um just from it being sci-fi first and foremost um but even then like yeah the the levels of maturity it's trying to attain uh the the yeah just the world it's trying to build is quite different from from what she usually does mm-hmm. uh, maybe its aspirations are, are different um i think that's interesting and i, th- I do think like i th- i i do still think it maybe wasn't the best art style for for what the the writer was trying to do but i i think she definitely succeeds like she it's it, it it's visually good <laughs> that makes sense yeah, yeah. Uh, like, and, and like it's, it works it just yeah. you, i think you're right that like it's i don't know because i think like if you had an artist who could who depicted the violence a little more brutally yeah right and like brought a little bit more gnarliness to this then I think, like, maybe you'd overvalue the comic for being, like, nasty. I mean, I guess the visuals are part of it, right? Like, if the visuals are not driving home the message that the writing is trying to get across, maybe it is a failure. Um, but then I'm just like, maybe, you know, what if this had a gritty artist who would draw the, the violence in kind of a gory, nastier way? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I think it would still be simplistic, but at least you wouldn't have that kind of dissonance between uh, between the art and the, the writing. Yeah, but then we're talking about, like, a different comic yeah, where yeah, the right. art style is completely different, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm just, like, imagining a comic and getting mad at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the next one that we're going to talk about is Girl from the Sea. Um, do you want to do you want to recap this one? I feel like I talked a lot about Shadow Dwarf. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so this like in it's way more close to to the Witch Boy in the like the kind of book it is. Mm. It's very much a, a YA book um, of like light urban fantasy. Mm-hmm. 
in in that it's like just in the real world with one one specific uh, magical elements. Um, and for oh, I don't have the name of the protagonist uh, in front of me, but like um, um, Morgan, 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 right? Uh, a teenage girl named Morgan who lives on um, on an island. I don't even remember if it's like a specific island or basically like kind of the Anglo-Norman Islands or maybe in Scotland or something. Yeah, I don't actually um, know where they are because they moved from Toronto. You said, uh, but I don't know. Oh, it does, so it, maybe, it maybe seems like a generic. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I th- I think I st- I thought Scotland because Selkies are kind of Celtic. Yeah, that makes sense. Region. But there's no other really like. Oh, it's in Canada. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at now. Canada. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, and who 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 is gay and who meets a Selkie who's like kind of a uh seal human creature who can who lives under the sea and can walk on earth if every who every seven years get the chance to walk on earth um and it's like it's the it's a it's a coming of age story mm-hmm. uh using the metaphor i guess but it's not it's not as relying on the metaphor than like which boy is or even um the the substack one darkest night i can remember is um, here it feels more like I don't know. I don't know if there's really a metaphor. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't she think is he's gay a metaphor. That's what's going I, on. I think like this yeah. is just a fantasy story that uses this as the like, like the selkie aspect is just kind of the plot mechanic that you know like yeah. drives some of the action and some of the like emotion of it. But yeah, I, as far as I know, I don't know. Uh, I don't necessarily think um, the selkie girl Kelty is like a metaphor for queerness or anything. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe I missed something, but uh, I I think actually like it's stronger for that. I think like you can just yeah. kind of hone in on the characters and like the emotion of what they're going through is like very clear eyed and uh, very like the stakes are feel very real because it's just kind of about like this is the situation they're in and it's not like necessarily having to work on a like metaphoric level metaphorical level. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so the the first thing that like. You know, I think the contrast between this and Shattered Warrior that that's nice to see is how good Molly Knox Ostertag is at like plot mechanics and like story structure because this yeah. this gets so much done so quickly and like I said like she like there's very little exposition here and when it is kind of unveiling like the world of the Selkies it's through interesting detail rather than just like explaining like this is what it means to be a selkie here's what you know here's the magic behind my world it's just her talking about you know like the seals personalities it's her making jokes about you know how she's obsessed with fish whatever um yeah and like and when it does kind of talk about the like more plot stuff it just doles out little details um so i think like molly knox Ostertag is very good at that and she's really gotten like a, a good grasp on how to like set up the world without making you feel like all right well you know we just got to get like the world set up and then we can like get going with the story like the story is going right at the beginning um with morgan like drowning she you know the book opens with her drowning and her seeing her life flash before her eyes and uh <laughs> she gets rescued by a kelty and then she like kind of thinking that she's in a you know like end of life hallucination is like oh this is a cute girl i'll kiss her like why not this is my this is my <laughs> dream i can do whatever i want yeah and then uh, wakes up later and realizes it was not a dream and this girl like comes to earth because she's like oh we kissed you're my one true love and i'm gonna follow you around um and i think the main the main thing that this gets at with morgan is that morgan is in the closet and she has a really nice tight group of friends um who she is keeping 
this secret from that she's gay. She hasn't told anybody. And she's got this like master plan in her head that like in a few years, she's going to graduate from high school. She's going to move away and then she can like come out and she'll have this like dream life that she always wanted like she can get away from her family strife her parents just divorced her little brother is like reacting poorly to the divorce and being mean apparently we don't actually really see him being mean except for you know him outing her <laughs> besides yeah that. he's just vaguely moody yeah, yeah, for, yeah for the most part yeah um which you know might actually be a nice detail of like you know like overreacting to little things like the brother seems fine and kind of nice often and she's the jerk but like in her head he's the mean one and she's justified um and i think like from that that's kind of the core of this is that like kelty becomes the person that she can confide in but it's at the cost of all of her other friends um who she is not prepared to come out to because again she kind of has this like here's the safe way to do it here's like here's how i come out that doesn't imperil me emotionally it doesn't risk anything and it like you know my clear path forward is to like leave this place and then i'll come out of the closet and like i don't want to deal with having to tell people in my life right now um yeah yeah. and it's weird because like it's very much like that's the main thing is that she's gay and that's like that's all the scenes where she's like okay i have this big plan it's about that it didn't i don't know it feels like because it's the way she tells it at the beginning is like she has perfectly compartmentalized her her life mm-hmm. um and it's like there's a part of her life where she's with her family there's a part of her life where she's with her friends and like everything's apart and neatly tied together and she doesn't have to like smoosh all those parts together she can mm-hmm. just be a different person for for each of those parts yeah. um and if, i don't know it's definitely mostly about her being gay but it feels like it's just it's not just about that just about the way she she leads her life and the way she is just scared to to be herself um i I think that works well and the the like it it, it's neat with the the comparison to the selkie who can just morph from seal to human but she's just like she knows who she is and she's the same person whether she looks like a seal or like a human um that all that works well i think it's it's interesting the one of the things that I realized was refreshing to me about this and I think what Molinox's tag does usually is that there's never um, there's never really jokes about oh how weird it is that she's a selkie or like oh how weird my life is that I'm uh, now I'm with a selkie it's just like it just happens and yeah it's kind of weird but that's 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 not really the focus in any way and it feels like that's I don't know, in most YA, like, urban fantasy YA stuff, there's always, like, a big emphasis on making jokes about how weird the situation is. Mm. It's, and well, it's such a crutch. I think here it, it's such a crutch, that, like, that yeah, snarky, it's ironic very Marvel, distance. Yeah, yeah the, like, yeah. Uh, I'm seeing freaking dragons, and I'm talking to a cuff. That, like... <laughs> <laughs> that thing, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I agree. And I, I think agree. here... He, it being completely absent makes for a very the universe feel natural and when when other characters like learn about the magic stuff it feels more i don't know it feels more natural that they would believe in it in a way like it happens twice here i think and feels like yeah that's just part of this universe and not a lot of people know about it but that's it feel I don't know yeah it feels natural is the the best way I can I, just, I can describe it yeah and yeah. yeah that's that's refreshing that's really refreshing and I think it helps it helps everything tie together because of how how much that's tied to her realizations and her changing the way she leads her life um, I feel like 
I don't know. We don't need. And I, I feel like I'm maybe more talking about the general state of, of urban fantasy uh, media for kids than I am about the specific book. But uh, that's. I know that was nice to see. I guess, and I don't know how much. I don't know. I, did you did you think much about that reading uh, reading the book, or is this just something I'm I'm bringing from reading a lot of uh, that kind of stuff? It's it's not it's not really something that like I thought about is that like tone or at least in comparison. But I think you're spot on. I think she has like a, a very a really nice and welcome streak of earnestness that uh yeah means that like yeah you believe in the characters and you like believe in their like emotions because some of it's like big teen emotions right but like that lack of snark and, and you have like some characters who are a little snarky about stuff but that's kind of their like it's not uh like comedic relief that you need the like ironic distance it's somebody who's reacting to something that they are uncomfortable with with sarcasm yeah. Um, like her. F- yeah, it doesn't feel like the book is snarky. It feels yeah, like totally. one specific character is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally in agreement. I think that's a really good point. And I think that, like, is probably something that we both really liked about her work overall. Um, is, yeah. yeah, that, that like. Yeah, that earnestness. Yeah. yeah. And she can still be funny, right? Like, it's not like she's humorless. There's some, there's some good jokes in here, but it's all derived from, like, kind of natural reactions of, of characters to each other, right? Yeah. Um, I really liked the the little text conversations here. They felt very like sweet and kind of like. Li- yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, there, there's one where like I, I mean she uses them to really nice effect where like Morgan starts vanishing from them and they have a group chat and Morgan because she's off with her Kelty girlfriend is like blowing off her friends and you get to see like the group chat and then the one friend who keeps like checking in uh, and you can see like Morgan holding her at a distance but like the group chats are really funny. Like, I like the girl. Who's like... The fact that like, they take half the page when that's mm-hmm. going on, it feels mm-hmm. like the focus is half on the sweet moments she's spending with her girlfriends, with her girlfriend, singular. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, but still how much that part of her life is present in her head and how, how much that's present on the page. Like, that's, that's I think that's really clever, um, how how, the, how those conversations are used to to signify how much she... I don't know how much those relationships weigh on her in a, in a way um, and how much even when she's not with them, like that still impacts the way she, she behaves and she, she lives her life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's, that's a really clever way of, uh, of portraying that, I guess. And a very like kind of very natural and like humorful and very like grounded in the moment of like, yeah, group chats, right? Like it's, you know, it's yeah. very 2022, like when this book came out um, and they're funny. Like you said, I like the one girl who took the picture of the seagull. And then, like, everyone's like, ew, no, get away. And then, like, at the bottom of the page, you can just see her last text is like, it ate my cliff bar. Yeah. Okay, this is a little bit of a ty- tirade. That's not right. Rant? No. An aside. This is an aside, because I'm not angry or <laughs> ranting about it. Okay. <laughs> um, get ready for a classic Zach rant. Um, there's a article oh, I just read in The Point magazine called the age of adolescence it's online i would definitely recommend checking this out and it's focused on judy bloom because of the the new are you there god it's me margaret movie that just came out and it's talking about her her style of young adult novel um which you know if you're not familiar judy bloom in the 70s wrote all these like books about girlhood and you know like frank portrayals of like usually young girls going through puberty and adolescence and uh menstruation and pregnancy and sex and horniness and 
whatever all the like you know hair and all the messiness of uh being an adolescent bullying whatever um and this article was talking about it and kind of critiquing it uh and i, I don't necessarily like fully believe or endorse in what the article was saying but i think it's an interesting point in that like their critique of judy bloom books is that while you know impactful for having like for frankly talking about things that like children usually didn't get to read about in books you know like what puberty is like like what it does to your body um it also kind of portrayed these things as things that just happen to you and they are um like they are things to be weathered right like messiness is something that will just happen to you and the point of the book is you know it just happens to everybody and it's it's about like people reading them and feeling like seen like oh yeah oh my god like my life is really messy too and you know like kind of that like relational uh feeling when you read something of like recognition and um i don't know what the word is like uh but it the point was that it's less of it was more about just kind of describing these things as like things that you passively experience than these characters being like active participants in their own messy lives in learning you know like how to grow and become adults and how these things are you know like tests for people to like grow with and move through and like that's an interesting critique i think judy bloom's still fine and those books are good but like i was thinking about that when i read girl from the sea because what i really like is you were saying like yeah i kind of i guess the only thing is that she's gay and yes that's kind of like the core thing but it is kind of just a detail in her life and it doesn't yeah the book is not built around saying like oh she's a gay 15 year old look how bad her life is look at all the like misery she has to go through it's like yeah this is really stressful she still has to live her life and be a person in it and have friends and relationships and decide how to be a good person and a good friend and a good daughter right like and a good sister right like just because it it is it is not a book that is just about the passive experience of being somebody who will probably have some like hardship because of their sexual identity it's actually mostly about how she chooses to deal with it right it's not even really a book about like the rest of the world like we don't even i don't think we necessarily see any like direct discrimination or like bigotry or like the worst thing that we see is the kind of like compulsory heterosexuality that like surrounds her a little bit like how everyone is socialized to be straight and people assume that she's straight um yeah and like just like her her friend's re- reaction not being like straight up homophobia but being like oh you should have told us sooner like that kind of not huge like hugely homophobic stuff but like just basic kind of oh that's not that's not how well, it although works, i think Anna. like um, i think their their reaction is understandable though i don't think like i, I wouldn't yeah. even call that homophobic maybe a little insensitive but like at the same time you like i could strongly feel all of them being like hurt that it was just like I don't understand why you didn't tell us. Like, <laughs> like we're your friend. We've been yeah, open that, with that, you that, for so long. Like, and and I get like it's harder than that, right? Of course, but like I I think like she's not existing. But it, it's rooted in the complex relationships that the characters have. It's not just like sort of for to to build the fact that there is homophobia in that world. It's it's rooted in how those characters would mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um, logically interact with each other, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, so, and that, like, yeah, she she is afraid of coming out to them, and like, from that fear, 
I mean, that that fear becomes a reason that it's a problem in a way, mm, right? Um, which is interesting. And it's very like, um, yeah, it's, it's it's it was surprising to me that there was no like even with her mother, like it, she she's outed against her will. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe that's the worst thing is that she's yeah. outed against her will by her brother. Yeah. Uh, but even then, like neither her brother nor her mother are homophobic. They're just like, oh, you like, it's fine. Like it, <laughs> the moment her like. Her, mo- oh her mom's God. waiting for her moment. in her closet to surprise her. That's so funny and cute. I love that. She jumps out of the closet and <laughs> she's like, ah! yeah. See, get it? I'm, I'm coming yeah. out of the closet. <laughs> and her mother's yeah, like, this is adorable. you know, yeah. her mother kind of expresses some surprise that she didn't tell her beforehand because she's like, I've always been yeah. an ally, you know? But like, uh, you know, she's not like offended that her daughter didn't tell her. And I like the brother being like, sorry, I, you know, like outed you or whatever. <laughs> yeah um like his his uh apology was good a detail i really liked is because it really like it i think without like you know pounding you over the head with it it does get at the pressure that she feels you know holding a secret and feeling like compartmentalized i really like there's two panels when it's just talking about like her planning in her head there's two panels that are silent that just show her sitting at a desk in her room and she just writes on a piece of paper, I think I'm gay, question mark. And then she tears it into a million little pieces. (laughs) And I think, like, that's such a teenager thing, right? Like, when you feel like you just have something to let out that you would just write it down, right? Like, you're just, you need to externalize it somehow. And then as soon as she sees it, she's terrified and she tears it into a bunch of pieces. Like, that. that's kind of the detail that I was saying that Shattered Warrior doesn't have to me. Where, like, there's just nothing in that that surprises me or made me, like have that little spark of recognition in, in you know, like a subtle moment yeah. with a character. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it's very sweet. Like, the, the Morgan-Kelty relationship is really cute. Like, Kelty's a weirdo dork because of her, you know, she's slightly alien to humans, and she's really into, like, Lisa Frank dolphin shirts. Uh, and, like, the other girls make fun of her for it, but, like, Morgan has no problem with it, and uh, they're very cute together. I, I you know, like, it's a... Uh, not to bring in the real world too much, but it's so frustrating thinking about these comics and being like that this would be, you know, there's so, so many schools and libraries that this would be banned from uh, just because it's just yeah. very sweet and simple young romance stuff. Um, it's so frustrating. Anyway, I don't, I don't need to get into that. But like, yeah, it's uh, they're really cute together. And I, I kind of like that it doesn't beat around the bush. Like they're two 15 year olds. They smooch. It's very chaste. But like, it's yeah. uh, it's cute. <laughs> it- um, I think maybe something that Shared Warrior is missing and that this has is like the, I don't know, the casual, casual conversations and and weird moments between people. Mm-hmm. Like it feels Shared Warrior feels very straightforward and going to, I don't know, utilitarian in a way. Totally, um, totally, in the yeah. like every conversation is going to progressing the plots, mm-hmm. and there's nothing that's just like just casual or fun or like not even fun, but like just. I don't know, like, not necessary, but adding something to the characters, to to our perception of them, or, like, how we like them. And I feel like that's... My Nexus Tag sprinkles that so effortlessly in, in her own written comics. Yeah. And I think this it's part of what, why Morgan's and, Morgan and, and Selkie's relationship is so cute and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, effortless is, like, the word that I would use for Molly Knox Tag's writing overall. Like, she makes it seem so simple, uh, and it just, like, yeah. you know, like, it surprises you. Like, it's the, the emotional stuff, like, sneaks up uh, on me, and 
you know, like without being, uh, I don't know, feeling like too manipulative. Like the end of this, you know, had me choking up a little bit. Like when Kelty, you know, has to save her friend and it, 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 yeah. it's very plotty, right? Like, you know, a situation arises in which she has to save somebody. So she has to revert to seal form and they have to separate. But like, it felt like such a natural conclusion to the story that they would like not have this happy ending and they're going to have to go on yeah. and like live their own lives. And especially like Morgan has to leave and, you know, her new plan is being shattered, which is the whole point is her learning to kind of let go of like plans and stop shying away from like messiness in her life. Um, but like, yeah, it, it was very sweet. And like, I was so sad when they had to, to split up yeah. at the end, but you know, there's the little hope they'll come back together in seven years or whatever. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. <laughs> So news of podcasting in the sea. Yeah, so like Girl from the Sea. Great. Really love this comic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, it might be honestly it might be my Char favorite. Charlotte, Charlotte, like... Charlotte. We're gonna do the award show yes. later. Don't Oh tell yeah, you're right. Sorry. Oh, it might be your favorite <laughs> it's a teasing. comic that we talked about in the last twenty five minutes. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> it's also it's... Sorry, Shadowed Warrior. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean I think that's that's clear. Um okay, so Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeon Club, Volume 1, because this is apparently the beginning of maybe a little series, is uh, written by Molly Knox Ostertag and drawn by art by Xanth Buma. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. B-O-U-M-A. Um, and it is maybe one of the ones I was more excited for because it seems very like a natural fit for her to write a, like a D&D book of like teens playing D&D together and using that to explore like these teen relation and i'll say i think i already said it on the podcast so it won't be a surprise i think it's a little bit of i, I guess kind of like shattered warrior i certainly would not call this bad and i think i i like it a little more than shattered warrior um but it is just kind of okay uh this one doesn't grab me this doesn't feel it doesn't have that like effortless feeling it feels a little more bloated maybe um i don't know i i, I kind of had a hard time pinning down exactly what about this book didn't like grab me or what in it wasn't like i wasn't responding to maybe like maybe the specifics of what these characters are going through didn't feel as like relatable or i couldn't put myself like in their head the kind of like possessiveness of that like one special friend which is kind of at the core of this is the main character they have a friend who they play D, D with and it's like their special thing and their friend starts to like branch out and other people another boy wants to join the D, &D club and they're friend wants to run for president and they're very popular and this one person is kind of a what, what's their name do you remember oh i don't remember any of the names no so yeah it's okay <laughs> um i think jess is the main character hmm. i said that i yeah okay um anyway uh yeah it, it's it kind of feels largely about that uh and that's just it's not something i like can necessarily relate to that much so uh i don't know yeah jess you're right jess and olivia I don't know what did what did yeah. you feel about this? Did you like did you did it like hit you emotionally? Did this land like uh, no? I mean, definitely not as much as her other like YA that that kind of YA stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think so. Just to talk about the story real quick, it's just like a story about three kids uh, starting uh, or like two two childhood friends starting a D and D club, and one of them is really excited about uh, getting some new friends and b building a big group to play D and D, and the other one is like just scared of, of meeting other people and thinks she'll get bullied and just wants to keep that D&D thing between the two of them. Um, and then it's intercut by like 
scenes of their D&D adventure mm -hmm. and the evolution of the relationships between the two of them as well as a new character that's going to join the group um, but represented by their, by their characters in the game. Um, and so it's it's not a fantasy story at all, except in those fictional parts of the D&D adventure. But outside of that, it's just a normal high school story. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the main thing it's missing from me compared to is like specifically Girl from, something we talked about in Girl from the Sea is that I like spontaneity or like just casualness of those characters interacting in ways that aren't necessary to the plot, but are just there to build their specific personalities I think, and I think their that's interactions in the D &D and the relationships. And the D&D sessions were actually kind of unremarkable to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, maybe. Like, I, yeah, that, that's kind of one of the biggest flaws of this book to me is that like the D&D sessions felt like, maybe because the art is, like Xanth's art is not too dissimilar from Molly Knox's. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I don't know, it, it, it's like there's a little bit of recognizable like, oh, that's d and I know, you know, those are, that's a tiefling and that's this spell and that's this monster or whatever. But like otherwise it kind of is like a generic slightly stakesless uh, like fantasy thing that filled the gap. Yeah, and I feel like the the relationships between the, between the characters are containing the metaphors of the adventure, of like the d and adventure. But I still feel like it's missing just like, I don't know extra unnecessary moments in the way I did. unnecessary isn't the right word but like you know what I mean yeah, like well, just stuff that both pushes the plot and the character the forward plot. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and I think here everything pushes just the plot mm -hmm. um, or like the the main plot of the the main character uh, feeling feeling jealous of uh, her friend meeting new people and then feeling guilty that she's reacting badly to, badly to that yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's trying to pack, I think it's like just 200 pages and it, it's going real quick to, to advance the story and it's missing, I don't know, it, it doesn't breathe enough in a way. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah and that, we keep saying like, effortless and this doesn't feel quite as effortless. I yeah. Guess. It feels a exactly. little bit more like, yeah, like you kind of lose at least for me, I, I never fully felt like I knew what the exact, like, emotional journey the character was going on, except, for, you know, I mean, they were, they're very introverted, they're very, like, reliant on their friend as, like, a safety blanket, um, and, you know, losing that is extremely scary, and they cling to their friend, and they lash out at other people who threaten yeah. that, uh, and it's kind of just about, like, welcoming other people into that friend group, I guess, you know, I mean, Here's the thing, like Shadow Warrior. I mean, in a way, it's similar to the evolution of the like witch character from the second and third book of the Boy Witch trilogy, of that that new character that mm -hmm. gets integrated sure. into the friend yeah, group, yeah, but yeah. like is scared and pushes people away. I guess, but like, I feel like yeah, yeah go on, sorry, uh, go ahead. No, no, please, please. Um, but I feel like this, yeah, this it it's missing. It feels more archetypical. Like it feels like mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. character is the story that the writer is trying to, to tell with the character and there's nothing more to them that they are the story they're trying to advance hmm. um hmm. and they are their role in the story specifically yeah. but they're not they're not a person they're just that utility like very 
they're a, tool, a character tool, mm. not a, character, a person character, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's what's missing that. here that I find in the other books of uh, Money Nexus Attack. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the character in the Witch Boy trilogy, like, was also kind of messy. And I, I felt like I could recognize that girl a little more in somebody who's just, like, yeah. a little emotionally, like, or, like, socially, not, like, perfectly socialized and just kind of creates uncomfortable situations but like means well and yeah i don't know like i, I felt like I, I do feel like compared to shattered warrior i feel like shattered warrior was living in cliches a lot more and that was one of the the big problem for me is it just kind of never broke out of cliche for me i wouldn't say this is necessarily cliche it's just it is dealing with stuff that i didn't find particularly relatable i guess or like that emotionally like resonated with me and may, maybe what you're saying about you know them feeling more like an archetype of a type of character than a real character had something to do with it at the same time you know if i had a you know middle schooler who like was into D &D, i could see this working like gangbusters right like i could see this like yeah god working like gangbusters what (laughs) (laughs) sorry Uh, i got what you mean (laughs) i have to go get myself a can of sodi pop from the filling station (laughs) down the street um the uh yeah, like, I could see this working well for a kid. Whereas, like, Shattered Warrior... I mean, Shattered Warrior, I said that too. But, like, uh, I think that's just, like... I I think that is, like, functional. I, I could see, like, kids yeah. connecting with this book, you know? And maybe a different type of kid uh, who has that same kind of relationship that's very, like, honed in on one person uh, and, you know, find something relatable. So, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, like... Th- this one I actually feel less, like, I have strong criticisms of than like shattered warrior and yeah. more kind of just like it didn't it kind of just didn't land for me the same way her other stuff has um and i don't yeah i mean it feels like a good license comic in sure. a way because it mm-hmm. is like it is an official yeah. dnd license comic yeah. it feels like a good version of that but definitely not a great version of that mm-hmm. like it's the worst thing I can say about it is that it does end up feeling like kind of a good ad for dnd oh a, sure like yeah. a, a fine ad for dnd but like the story beyond that is in, is kind of basic. It's not bad, but it's kind of basic. Um, the, the most fun thing that it's doing is using character sheets as, like, way to introduce characters mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. It's not like... It doesn't go... I don't think it's used in as interesting way as, like, the... The convers- the message conversations between the characters in Girl from the Sea is, mm-hmm. uh, but it, like it's a fun it's a fun idea to to use to like because those characters, specifically the main character, perceives the world in D and D terms, um, and like so she it's funny like the the her friend has two other friends at the school and she when you see their character sheets the one of their powers is like when they're all three in the same room like they can communicate telepathically Mm -hmm. and she's out of the conversation Mm -hmm. sure that's like kind of the way that she just she feels with uh, with them like and with their relationship to to her friends i think there's like kind of a clever way of of doing that of uh, establishing relationships without having to like go into big uh, exposition uh, exposition scenes um yeah true. It, it, i think i think idea. it could really use more of that stuff because I, I think you're spot yeah. on i think that's some of the best like just small creative characterization 
uh, in like yeah. observation. And she they have funny like the the creator bios on the end say stuff like that. Like it says Molly Knox Oster yeah. tag. Uh, actions cook when molly cooks for her spouse nd she gains plus two constitution plus three if the dinner is spicy yeah. <laughs> like those are those are cute i do like did you see um, yeah. did you have a physical copy of this one i know you said you bought this one no i didn't okay. there's um no i have an ebook there's like pull quotes on the back from her spouse nd stevenson and then matthew mercer but i like brennan lee mulligan put a quote calling what we in the D world would call a critical hit <laughs> such a dark <laughs> I could just hear it in his stupid yeah. voice and <laughs> it made me laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm watching a lot of D- Dimension 20 these yeah. days, so yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, I, again, I kind of did, I didn't mind reading this. Um, I had a fun time with this. Like, I can see, you know, people, people, this landing for people, it just, it didn't quite connect with me. Same way the other ones did, but like, Girl from the Sea. Oof. I, I really like that one. I think, uh, you know, I don't think it's, too much to say i think uh, i bought all these books and i think shattered warrior yeah. and probably D dungeon club are going to end up in my like free library down the street but uh girl from the sea is certainly staying on my shelf um, yeah um, I, I fully agree i think yeah. it's 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 really strong i think it's i know it's it's the one i was most excited to read because i it's the one i had heard the most about with knowing the less less about because mm-hmm. i i'd heard a lot about about witch boy uh, as well but i had an idea of what it was about yeah. um yeah it's it's pretty good and i'm because i when it came out i think a year or two ago um i'm excited to to see what she does next and i'm excited to i like just standalone stories like that the sort of standalone ya kind of uh, urban fantasy stories like that so I, i'd love to see to, to see more of that so like that's she she she's pretty good at it and yeah yeah it's it's fun it's like I think it's some of the best stuff that's going on in like specifically YA comics. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah. So when we, good. I kept saying this, I've said this a few times, like as we've read, as, when we chose her as a theme, as a, a topic to cover, you know, I was slightly worried that these would all just be like fine YA books that I wouldn't find that much interest in. And it hasn't been the case. We found like the D&D. Yeah. yeah. But like Shattered Warrior and the D&D book are kind of that, what I was like slightly concerned that this yeah. whole thing would be. And there's been plenty to chew on and I've been really happy we, we covered her. And I'm excited, you know, to find out whatever she does next. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'm really interested in, um, she has on her Substack a graphic novel class that she did that was like talking through the Ooh. process. And I think she uses Girl from the Sea as the example of like what she did, how to like break this down. And I'm I have to go check that out because I'm extremely curious to like see her yeah, process. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, to kind of get inside her head on that. Um, yeah. Especially like liking this book as much as I do and thinking that like, you know, I think that she's, I can see why she works in uh, TV so much because I think she has a really strong knack for um, like story structure, you know, and that's something like TV, you really have to like know how to just hit those beats well and especially without being kind of just generic and cliched if you want to create something nice you know you have like 13 minutes to tell a complete story when you're working in kids cartoons so um i can see i can see why she's had such a successful career there but who knows what she's doing next i don't know i have no idea i mean uh the last the afterword on darkest night oh something we should mention darkest night is done now so if you started that with us a couple months ago um and you're listening to this episode like as it comes out uh, darkest night is now done charlotte has finished it i haven't yet but i will be soon yeah um and uh yeah so as of may 19th 2023 she is has finished darkest night and uh, i don't know what she's doing next but 
I definitely will be reading whatever she puts out um, because. Yeah, I think she said Dark Side is gonna get like a physical release and a, a different name. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, yeah. I and know how? <laughs> it's such a strange comic because it like it feels like it functions so much. It's like a scroll, you know, like as you you scroll down and you read it. It's yeah. It's got visual effects where like lights flash. I mean, the light flashing you can just turn into colors, I guess. But like the uh, the scrolling nature of it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it just works. I mean, it like, have you ever seen like what what I mean, like for example, Lower Olympus or those kinds of webtoons that have been published in in physical form? Like, uh-uh. it it always looks kind of like you feel reading it that it was meant to be in a like uh, non physical yeah, uh, okay. medium. It doesn't. Um, and like it's kind of just cut in, in ways yeah. that you you can yeah kind of um but it, it's fine yeah. I'm, I'm i'm curious to see how how they do it it probably works um, fine I don't know. yeah <laughs> but i mean i i like but yeah I'm, honestly i'm so. i'd be interested in her doing more stuff like that that like feels very specifically made for for substack or for 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 that kind of uh, internet medium mm-hmm. um because like i think that, like she did some really interesting stuff with uh with Darkest Night and using like yeah the using the GIF format and those kind of stuff and, mm. and using that in in the story yeah um, yeah yeah because I mean Substack is interesting for the publishing side of things but basically all my favorite creators who I followed on it I have decided well I'll wait till that comes out physically like yeah you know with James Tinian Tynan Tinian Tyn Tynian um and uh, <laughs> I think it's Tynian yeah. yeah and uh, who else am I thinking of um what's his name jeff lemire i mean hickman the... is the one that's doing like the huge uh three all three moons although you know what i got the physical yeah. books of the like the source book for that and i still have not opened it yeah because uh, i backed that right yeah. at the beginning yeah. i mean your your favorite subject thing is andy simonson yeah right? well it's funny it's these two spouses are the only ones that i read yeah exactly kind of like... <laughs> it's money uh, money next stack mm-hmm. and nate Steve yeah i just read andy's andy put out something today i think it's nate uh i mean i think it's nate now maybe yeah. they may still go by nd but uh i think nate is their yeah. preferred name anyway um yeah i just read uh nate's thing <laughs> today which was very funny about them being kind of a garbage goblin they're, they're <laughs> great yep. uh well this is great i uh i've been so happy we covered this i uh i appreciate i think you pitched this i think this was one of your right when yeah. we did the episode to you see. you might have pitched it initially but i'm the one that proposed it on the on the sh- in the like special episode where we we pick the onyx theme oh sure yeah but yeah i thought that's what i mean i think you're the one who you know like actually brought this yeah. one to the table um so yeah yeah i'm uh, i'm glad you did because this was uh this was really fun and very you know like slightly out of my n- it's not something i normally go and read a bunch of like ya books although again yeah, i want to say it if- feels more like my thing but yeah <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I like I like the occasional one. It's just, you know, it's it is hard to filter through uh the the average stuff and I think a lot of it is average. Um and like yeah. not even bad, just kind of like, oh, this is written for a kid. Uh and that's not me anymore. I will say uh if people like this and they're like, you know, had a good time reading all these Molly Knox stuff, uh Crystal Fraser's Cheer Up. I can't recommend it enough. It's so good. It's about a trans cheerleader in high school. It's really incredible. I think that like stacks up against all this stuff. Finally, Dave finally read it after me recommending it a million times and <laughs> has had to admit how right I was that it's uh really, really good. So it nice. also like it's like a forty minute read to read the entire graphic novel. But um it kinda hits a lot of the same strengths that like Molly Knox does. Alright, Charlotte, next time 
on Extra Issues, we're going to start our Fandagraphics theme. So six episodes there. Uh, I'm going to break it down real quick for people across the six episodes. Episode one, we're covering Love and Rockets. Um, Jamie Hernandez, is that right? Oh, boy. Uh, I think so, yeah. (laughs) I'm just worried that, yeah, Hernandez. Um, Okay, so for people who are not familiar with Love and Rockets, it is a comic that started in 1982, volume one of it is 50 issues long it runs from 1982 to 1996 and uh and then like volume two of it ran from 2001 to 2007 volume three started in 2008 and it's doing volume four now but um we're covering volume one it is uh three brothers um gilbert jamie and mario gilbert and jamie and if i'm getting small facts wrong this will be corrected because we're having an expert on the episode with us but gilbert and jamie wrote this comic and each issue is a bunch of small short stories that take place in their own world so gilbert kind of wrote one universe and jamie wrote another universe and they both are like kind of their own separate worlds that i don't think they intertwine textually but they were just like side by side and they kind of have similar themes and they're all under the love and rocket um banner but uh trying to figure out how to read these because reading all 50 issues of this would be a really tough ask it's very dense the way we decided to break it down is by brother so uh our episode one is going to be the work of jamie hernandez and our episode six the last one is going to be gilbert hernandez which fandagraphics has really nicely um packaged into um specific collections of their work yeah. so it's just like you can get you can get three graphic novels that contain all of volume one of jamie hernandez's work and then you can get three other graphic novels they're called the library editions love and rocket library editions so first for jamie hernandez we're going to be covering the three library editions maggie the mechanic the girl from hoppers and perla la loca um episode two we're going to be covering eight ball by daniel cowles um that is also kind of a it's an 18 issue anthology comic that contains ghost world which is probably its most famous component got turned into a uh, Scarlett Johansson, Steve Buscemi movie. Um, Dave's gonna wait. Is he on that episode? Is that the yes? Yeah, Dave's gonna come join us on that episode. So <laughs> excited to have him there. Uh, our third episode is going to be Stoner Comics. Uh, so we're gonna be reading Dungeon Quest, some Megmog and Owl, and Prison Pit. Prison Pit is maybe uh, what's the word? I don't know if it's exactly a Stoner comic, but it feels like that to me, and it felt like it fit right in here. Um, i'll say eight ball is easy to collect you get one collection as all of eight ball these three comics i would say dip your toes into like the first volume of each one and see how much you like before you you know like don't buy all of it at once um because some of them are quite abrasive in tone either in violence or whatever else um lots of trigger warnings all over i think actually all these comics i think i would say like (laughs) read at your own risk there's there's gonna be you know like a lot of mature content all over this uh, episode four, we're reading My Favorite Thing is Monsters by Emil, Emil Ferris and Monsters by Barry Windsor Smith, two like modern classic graphic novels. Uh, episode five, we're going to be covering Black Hole, which is kind of a classic graphic novel from 95. And then Dementia 21, which is a horror comedy manga from 2018 that is going to be coming out in a new collection from Fantagraphics pretty soon well before that episode comes out and then finally episode six we're covering gilbert hernandez's love and rockets stuff the three library collections heartbreak soup human diastrophism and beyond palomar so all that will be in the show notes and uh also on the spreadsheet you can get by going to patreon but i just wanted to lay out exactly what we're doing for the entirety of the fantagraphics thing really excited about all this like 
everything here is stuff that I'm like thrilled to be reading. Um, especially Love and Rockets. Yeah, We're starting out with that, but like I, I can't wait to read that. Yeah. I've always wanted to, and it's so dense. It's kind of a hard thing to jump into, but I think we broke it down into a digestible way. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the most different stuff we've done so far from from all usual MMY stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. That's that's going to be interesting, yeah. And then, you know, we'll probably try to uh, pull it back into something a little more breezy and fun again for the, the theme after that. But, you know, like, it's nice to read something, like, a little more challenging, a little more chewy, I think. Um, yeah. Although we have a break in there. Those stoner comics are all, like, extremely breezy and lightweight, and <laughs> there's not too much going on even meg mong and owl is very very dark but it is also like breezy as hell so um all right well thank you all for listening charlotte thank you as always really appreciate talking to you what a great time yeah Um, and we'll see you in the funny pages oh boy oh boy see you in the funny paper can believe we're still going with that well come up with a new one (laughs) bye yeah